0: Just having people to talk to that maybe understand your language, yeah. I think, is important, so, even if mm-hmm. the even if the content, the bulk of it, the meat of it, isn't always work, to have somebody understand you from, from a certain angle. And I still talk to people from the music world very much um, in the same way. You know, I just want to bounce ideas off of them, and I want them, you know, you want to feel heard, but then you also want to do the same. You want to reciprocate for that person. Um, I think that's really important. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast,
1: where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident, feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership welcome or welcome back to the bombshell business podcast i'm your host amber hurdle and this week is the vacation rental short-term rental takeover week of the bombshell business podcast it is in between the book direct conference in miami and the international vacation rental management association conference in las vegas and i'm here to highlight some of my friends and people i've gotten to know in this industry that has um, pretty much adopted me and i'm very happy to be a part of it so Today's guest is someone I've had the privilege to get to know over the past year-ish or so. And as a brand connoisseur myself, I have developed a really deep respect for her unapologetically authentic personal brand. And so what I've learned about her um, is that she's found a way to pursue both her passion and her vocation, and that be a satisfying experience all the way around. And as different as they may be, um, it's working. And so the other layer to this is while overcoming limiting beliefs that we all have, we all have Gertrude, right? She still successfully defined and positioned her value within the industry. And importantly for me anyway, and I'm assuming for a lot of bombshells who are listening or watching, I've really fallen in love with her deep intention in all areas of her life while nurturing the connections that she's made along the way. So when you look at Sarah, you, you get to know who Sarah is by how she presents herself to the world and how she interacts with the world, but you also can observe how important other people are to her. And that's just a really cool thing to watch. So now that you've heard my kind of like behind the scenes on Sarah, let me read to you a little bit more about her and what makes her her. So Sarah Franzen is Director of Revenue Management and Analytics at Natural Retreats, a luxury vacation rental management company. And she is the recipient of the inaugural Vacation Rental Revenue Manager of the Year Award presented at the Darm Conference in 2021. And for those of you not in the industry, Darm is the Data and Revenue Management um, Conference. It's the Cat's Meow uh, event of the year. And Sarah won the very first award. This is very prestigious. So methodical yet a creative strategic thinker and doer, Sarah is a seasoned professional with a dynamic experience and education in sales, business marketing, revenue management, and the performing arts. She's kind of a renaissance woman with an MBA from the Terry College of Business at the University of Georgia. Go dogs! A master of music from San Jose State University and a double undergrad major in both music, vocal performance and business statistics. Sarah is passionate about arts and education, obviously, understanding human behavior and what drives it and establishing and nurturing mutually beneficial relationships with her global community. So if you're not as thoroughly impressed by me right now, you just need to end this episode and move on because I don't know how you're going to be any more impressed. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. It is it is a privilege to have you here, and um, I'm really looking forward to your perspective on some things that I think you would be expert at talking about. So you ready to go? We'll see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of the first things that um, really pops out, I think for most people who know you, is like you've got this you know, they've proven left brain, right brain wrong now. Like everything that we ever learned has been disproven. But if we want to use those terms, like you have this very left brain type of day-to-day work experience dealing with data and revenue management and dynamic pricing models and all kinds of like really methodical stuff. And then you have this right brain side of this music experience. So can you just automatically just start with walking us through how those two things make sense for you
0: yeah um so i didn't know that they had um debunked a lot of the uh right brain left brain thing i didn't actually know that yeah. um it's it's that's very interesting to me because you know as i was growing up you know you take those tests you know they tell you if your right brain your left brain i was always like right down the middle like there was never uh you know one side or the other um so I always thought that was kind of interesting. So I always called myself center-brained because <laughs> I just funny. never really <laughs> found one side. Um, I did for the first part of my career. I did spend, um, I did spend it in the arts. So I w- performed and I taught, um, um, and and that was kind of the first part of my career. I guess I had a music school. Um, so that was kind of the business side of it, and that's actually what prompted my, um, work toward the MBA because I wanted just to observe, you know, observe and and learn more about the business side of things. Um, my business analytics side, um, was, you know, more numbers and, and less like, how do you run a business and Mm -hmm. how do you market yourself and, and all that stuff. So, um, so I've always, I've always thought, said, you know, the first part was music and the arts. And then the second part which is where i'm residing now is you know definitely on the business side of of things so i've had the um i would say luxury of of my vocation being in both yeah um and but i will say that i prefer this setup because i think it's always easier to pursue a passion um like music when you have like this kind of vocation set up, as opposed to how do you pursue analytics when you're <laughs> a musician or an artist, you know, that's harder. So, um, you know, I, I, do, I do think, you know, I, I am kind of cut out. That's just how my brain works to to really, you know, be drawn to both sides. And um, and so I, I'm, I'm just very fortunate that I found a, kind of a place to just kind of sit um, where I am right now and, and be able to also experience the the artistic and and the things that I'm really passionate about on yeah. that end.
1: It is interesting because I, I have found a lot of women, especially, and I can't, not as much of this side of things has been shared to me by my male clients, but it's like, A lot of women feel like they have to choose, like they have to, um, you know, just this is their lane. And, and like, there's almost like shame around being multi-passionate because you might look like you're all over the place. And as a multi-passionate person myself, who does come down the middle and testing on, you know, do I make objective decisions or subjective decisions? Am I more creative or am I more analytical? Um, you know, that's you're just a really great example of saying, like, why can't you have it all?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I've I've been um I'm, I'm one of those people that regardless of what it is, if somebody's ever said that I can't have it all, <laughs> I'm usually the person to try to, you know, prove that theory false. But um yeah, I, I really do feel like I've I've I'm I've got a really great um setup in terms of you know what I do vocationally. Um but also my avocational interests and, and passions are are there and and they're accessible and and they feed me in the mm. way that I need them to.
1: And uh, I'm a daughter of a drummer. So um, music has always been a part of my life, but there is an analytical side to music. I mean, to the composition of music, to the interpretation of music, to, you know, even just playing music, it's very very technical. It is and dry, it's black and white.
0: Yeah, I mean there is there is um, you know that's that's why when you know when I teach I I still teach a couple students um, my husband's also a teacher as well he teaches piano um, and you know there's a reason when you teach what you know you you really have to approach the pedagogy from a very technical um, side. But then, once you teach the technique, um, you also have to make sure that you're drawing out the artistic side. And yeah. and I think a really good teacher, um, and I'm not categorizing myself as one right now. Um, I think a really good teacher who has the time to to really devote to creating the best artists are the ones that merge the two. Mm-hmm. In the beginning so there is no technique without artistry and there's no artistry without technique i mean you need both of them um and I, I do think that's a really great um metaphor for you know any sort of um task or 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 vocation even that you take on yeah um, i think you need both you do need both and like as a speaker
1: i've i've joked um a few years ago that you know, I really leaned into the more technical aspect of speaking. I felt like I was Nancy Kerrigan and it's like, you know, they, her artistry is beautiful, but until she can land that triple sal cow, she's just not going to get the technical points. Like that's how I felt as a speaker. (laughs) And I'm like, I could crush it on stage, but I might miss a couple technical things that I, nobody else knows necessarily, but does it impact the reception of it in the end? Absolutely. So it's like leaning, you know, wherever you tend to lean, it's finding that balance and making sure that, um, you know, you're honoring all sides of that. So um, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. Well, okay. So the other thing that I just, even some of the things you just said of like well this is just how i did it and i'm i'm if somebody tells me i can't that's more fodder for me to figure out how how have you gotten to be just so unapologetically you like i i've never gotten any vibes, like you're seeking external validation, like you have a confident presence about yourself, which is attracted to somebody like me who is confident because I like, I know that I don't have to like measure myself around you.
0: You know, I don't, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I, I think I've always, it's just always kind of been who I am now. I think I've over the years as I've gotten older, (laughs) I've learned the art of nuance and, um, and, you know, you can't always say what you think without a filter. You know, there are times and places I think that I have failed in many instances in the past in particular. Um, I, I definitely am, am very aware of that now. Um, but I, I, I think that you know, oftentimes we talk about, you know, a filter on somebody and, and I don't know if, if even that's the right way to look at it. And I'm just, you know, kind of words are just coming out of my mouth right now. So I don't even know if I'm going to make sense, but I think sometimes it's maybe not so much a filter as, um, because I, I think it's possible to still say what you want and, and, and be very direct about it in ways that are, sensitive mm-hmm. and um graceful. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm I'm definitely not somebody who I would consider graceful <laughs> on a lot of and a lot of topics. Um I think it's it is important to me that people know who I am and where I'm coming from and where I stand. I wouldn't ever want there to be confusion about that. Yeah. And if there ever has been confusion about it, I'm always the person that's the kind of person that wants to clear it up right away. You know, I don't, I I don't like the feeling and I don't like the thought of, you know, somebody having this notion about me that might not be right. And then them carrying on with that, believing certain things. And if it's been, and it's usually my fault because I haven't communicated something correctly, Mm. I will always take, you know, I'll always own that. Um, But I think it's important that people understand, um, you know, each other like at, at their core, like the foundation of of the person. And, and if you just kind of put up this facade of and, and let people kind of run with what they think you are um, or who they think that you are, um I think it's it's really difficult in the long run to have any sort of meaningful relationship. Um, that way. So whether it's a work relationship or, you know, a friendship or whatever, you know, it's once you realize that there's kind of this um, misalignment in understanding, I think it's important to like nip that one in the bud. So I think ever since I was a kid, you know, my my parents were always, um, you know, how are you feeling? What do you mean? Um, asking for clarity from me. Um, if there was ever anything unclear so i always appreciated that maybe not at the time i didn't appreciate it particularly <laughs> yeah. as a teenager but i mean it was always there it was always um this expectation that you had to communicate what you meant and how you felt um so i think i've just kind of carried that on i don't i don't know that there's any special recipe for that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, it's helpful to know that that's how you were raised because not everybody was raised that way. And as you know, I live in the South. And so in the South, a lot of it is put your happy face on, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, I'm going to talk trash about you until you get cancer. Then I'm going to show up every day at your house with a casserole. Like there's just, um, it's a bizarre dynamic, not, not with everybody, but like, that's kind of the underpinning of, of the Southern way is just like, there's
0: that kind versus nice. Right. Well, and there's, and I'm not, I definitely can fall into that if I want to, you know, it's easy to, to do that. It's easy just to kind of let something go and all right, well, I'm just not, I'm not going to like, not gonna, you know, rock the boat. I'm just gonna sit back and let it happen because I don't want to offend anybody. And I don't want, you know, someone not to like me. Um, But I kind of feel like people tend to like people who are honest and who, um, who will communicate. And, and that's also not to say that like my upbringing was, you know, that they were, my parents were always like that. Um, You know, there was definitely times where you just, you know, shut your mouth, smile and, 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 you know, shake this person's hand right. um was definitely that too and i think that there's a time and place for that you know i i don't think that's one of the things you know you know we were talking a little bit before um you know we have um daughters who are around the same age <laughs> and that is one of those things that you know it's just part of this of the culture in the society today where it's you know everything can be just picked apart. And, you know, I have to feel really good about everything that I do and I have to, you know, and, and sometimes I do believe there's a time and place for just close your mouth, smile, mm-hmm. get through this, and then we'll talk about it later. Um, So I think there's a time and place for that too. Yeah. Well, and you just
1: so beautifully unpacked like the intention of a personal brand anyway. And a lot of people, they hear personal brand and they hear like this public persona they have to shape and put together and position and put it out there and, And like that, no, 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 that's not what a personal brand is. A personal brand is ensuring that whoever you're interacting with understands who you are at your core. And if there is a disconnect there, that's when we start looking at, well, what steps do we need to take to ensure how people perceive you is a reflection of your genuine intention? and i think that that's the balance that i've observed you know in the past year or so with you that is has been very consistent and and the other word that i used as i was introducing you um it's it's your intention so it's the word choices that you use it is um how you frame things you're not haphazard in how you go about your communication so where does that come from
0: um probably a deep seated fear of being wrong <laughs> okay <laughs> that's fair <laughs> and and into to that point um i made a comment just a few minutes ago about daughters i have a daughter i believe your son is is my Daughter's age. I can't what? remember what what is it. Brittany's How- twenty six. Derek will be twenty. Oh, the- it was your daughter. Okay, oh, it is your daughter. Yeah. I, I was after I said that. That's immediately what I went to was. I think I said that wrong. Oh no. Okay. Uh, you know. So I. I mean, again. It's it's not. It's it, and it's a fear. It's when I say it's a fear of being wrong. I think a, a lot of that is true. Um, not fear in terms of oh what will Amber say because she's you know because I made a mistake. But you know I really try to be. accurate Accurate. and I try to be right. So like somebody who's always trying to be accurate, like when you, when you think about what you need to say or what you want to say, I think there's, there's more pause there. And I do give pause a lot of times. I mean, this is a little bit different because, you know, we, I don't really know exactly what you're going to ask. And so Uh it's a little bit you know, strange for me because I don't have the opportunity to just say, you know what, let's come back to that in ten minutes. <laughs> I don't, I don't have an answer for you. This is a podcast, like I need to answer. <laughs> um, but I do think there is, there is some truth to that. Like this, this, you know, I, I live, and I've always been um, somebody who always wants to be right and accurate. Not right in the sense of like a selfish right, but correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I think that that is probably is. That's probably very true. Well, and I think that's a value that we share and maybe
1: why I'm kind of like, Oh, who's a Sarah person is, <laughs> uh, the truth matters to both of us. That's the the true representation of me. I want to know the truth about you so I can evaluate. Are you somebody who aligns with me or no? And if no, that's fine. But like, I'm, protective of my space and, um, and then like being truthful about what we're communicating, which is why I I can see that of like, cause your word choices and, you know, there's, I interact with a lot of people. And you use very specific words to describe very specific things that are not in the common vernacular and being a wordsmith myself, I'm, I'm always like, oh, that's a pretty word. That's a great word for that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's mind candy to me. Um, so would you say that like the truth or integrity, that that's like a strong core value of yours?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's not even, you know, is a true or is B true, but, you know, let's talk about how there's truth in both of them, oh. um, and and I think that wanting to get to the truth or wanting to get to the core of something is really, um, it's a goal of mine in everything that I do, and it can be somewhat um, debilitating, I think, because it's easy to go down those rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, when I see anything, you know, we don't really have TV. Um, so when I watch TV, it's like this oh you know, deer in the headlights, like what are all these things, but I'll grab onto certain things like, you know, like, um, different commercials and certain things will just really sit with me for a long time. Like I'll think about them weeks later, oh, yeah. um, because I think that there's just a lot of stuff that is so surface in our world right now. And, and we don't often, you know, we, you know, collective, we don't often take the time to, to dig much further. Mm -hmm. Um, but those are things that are influencing us and that are, you know, influencing our behaviors or that are, you know, influencing other people's behaviors around us that affect us. And so those are the kinds of things that, you know, when you talk about really wanting to get to the truth of something, getting to the core of it, the fundamentals, those are really important to me.
1: And I think that's, um, you know, because it is so important to me and I, let's be real, I live a very weird life. I get on airplanes all the time. Like the, um, The airport is my second home and I'm, and I go only to places where people want to grow personally or professionally. Like in my business, I am only exposed to people who are hungry to become a better version of themselves. And then when I'm not on an airplane or on a stage, my day is full of coaching or consulting and like being in the inner core of people's identities their business identities, their PL, like they're bearing their everything to me. And so I'm living in the deep end all the time. So it is kind of a, not a strange, but like I have to shift gears when I go out into the normal world. And so like, you know, even just sitting across from you when we had um, dinner um, at this year's Darm Conference, uh, just knowing I was across from somebody who was had substance and not to say that like, not everybody, I mean, we know that how many, like the vacation, that's why I love the vacation rental industry is just full of incredible humans, but there's that side of you that it's like, it feels like home to me. So when you're, when you're putting yourself out there, it's like a beacon for people who are like you or who like to operate at your frequency. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, it does. And I, and I, you know, to just kind of, I guess, riff on that a little bit, um, you know i i felt very much the same way when we were sitting there talking it was really the first time that we had a kind of any sort of meaty conversation right um, not just with each other. chatting back and forth on linkedin yeah um but it was it was very much the same thing and i think there were a couple things that i mean you know, i i told you that night that i I'm, I'm always an open book i will tell anybody anything i really don't you know i'm, I'm not going to hide anything um <laughs> but it was it was the kind of thing where i had a i had this sense that i could talk to you um And I, you know, I have those same kinds of um, thoughts and feelings, you know, with other people, people maybe I've just met people that maybe I've known for a long time where I know the kinds of things that I can talk about with certain people and even people I haven't known for very long. I know exactly what I can say Mm -hmm. and what I can't without fear of not, you know, I can say anything I want, but, you know, without fear of them, you know, poking fun or, or, you know, tearing something apart in a really you know otherwise social setting right Um, (laughs) like it goes awkward quick (laughs) yeah 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 um because there are some people who don't really know how to handle that um but no i I felt that way very much um with you as well um and i think that is unique and i think everybody kind of has that unique person or personality kind of that they connect to Mm -hmm. um So it's different for everyone, but it was definitely something where, yeah, it was like this, oh, she's a substantive person. Uh Oh, she has, you know, she has, you know, really valuable things and insight, um, you know, to share. And I, and I was really into that. Well, so yeah, completely agree.
1: And to kind of break the, the, what is it? The third wall or the fourth wall? I don't know what it is, but, but to talk to you directly bombshell, you know, the reason why I'm even bringing this up. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have Sarah on the show is, is to highlight that when you do understand your brand, you know, your personality, what you're about, like how you want to show up in the world, when you're very secure in that, not only does that provide you with the opportunity to just stand in your personal power, no matter who's coming your way, but it also gives you the opportunity to, when you know yourself, then you know who is like you, you know who you're vibing with. And then you also will dramatically feel the contrast when you're very grounded in yourself. And then the opposite of you is out there. And that's not to say we don't interact with like, even have fun hanging out with, but like, you just know naturally when you have that level of self-awareness, and then we present it as our quote, personal brand, you kind of know who your people, your real people are that you know that sort of thing, and it makes life and business and everything so much easier.
0: Absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. And it's it's something that I've I've I think that I've been more aware of, um probably in the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. Um Is just you know people have their people, and just because this person over here is not my person, they're somebody else's person. Right, and you know, there's nothing and wrong they're, with they're them. Gonna, right, they're going to vibe with somebody else. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've I've been very um, deliberate about. The people that I open up to, and the people with whom you know I spend time, um, because my time is valuable. Everyone's time is valuable, and so you really want to be selective about about that. And I, because I think the people around you grow you, you know, they mm-hmm. they influence you, and and I think over the past, like I said, over the past decade or so, it's been um, increasingly clear to me um, that there are people that do that do, do very positive things for me. Um, and there are people that don't, and that's okay. They're probably wonderful people. Um, I'm just not going to take extra time to, mm-hmm. to spend with with
1: that. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. time is finite. And I think that's a really good segue because you're, I think, you know, I've obviously observed your levels of relationships within the industry. And for those of you who aren't in the vacation rental industry, there is no industry more active on LinkedIn than the vacation rental industry, just to be clear. <laughs> um, like I I work in multiple industries, but I'm telling you right now, like my feed is when I do employer brand reviews um, with, with uh, companies in the vacation rental industry and they're not on LinkedIn, I'm like, let me show you my feed to so you understand how important it is for you to have your LinkedIn together, but I digress. So, but it was when you presented this year's award for revenue vacation rental revenue manager of the year because you were the previous winner and then you were bestowing it upon somebody who was your friend. And even just hearing you all talk back and forth about that relationship, how I guess maybe if you could just unpack that, like the importance of having people that you can lean into within your industry or personally or whatever, can you can you touch on that?
0: Yeah, um I'd love to. That's one of my favorite things to talk about actually, or at least to think about. It. I don't really talk about it with many people. <laughs> um, so uh, Cameron Felton was the winner this yeah. year who is a wonderful friend who is also um, um a counterpart. so he does um very similar work to what I do um, in his company. And, um, and I got to know Cameron at the very first Darm that was in Atlanta, I believe it was. And that's when we met in person. And there was kind of that same thing, that kind of connection where you're like, you know, I, I like this, this person, this human being is a really unique human being. And I, I really like him. And so it was around that time when I had started um, being very, more very deliberate in reaching out to folks both in the vacation rental industry and even some that are not in the vacation rental industry. And I um, started calling them my thought partners. Mm. Um, and I attempt to meet with them at least quarterly, if not monthly. Cameron and I do every other month. Um, I've got a couple other folks that I do quarterly. I have somebody I meet with monthly. And most of them are in the VR industry. But surprisingly, we don't talk a, a lot about VR when we meet. It is, these are people that I that I vibe with, that that share oftentimes common values or at least um, a similar perspective on life in general. And they're people that I talk to about challenges that I have in my life that are oftentimes work, but oftentimes not. And and they've been invaluable resources for me, Um, mentors, um, just confidants. People that I, you know, we we commit to a um a confidence. You know, this is something, mm-hmm. you know, often have Cameron and I are competitors. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is this is something that, you know, we have to respect um, each other and each other's companies and positions enough to know that hey whatever we talk about if it has to do with work obviously we're going to keep this right to ourselves. You know that's a really important thing. And it's and it's something that you build over time, you build this trust. And I've been able to build this trust with my thought partners and again that just having people to talk to that maybe understand your language, yeah. I think is important so. even if the even if the content, the bulk of it, the meat of it isn't always work to have somebody understand you from, from a certain angle. And I still talk to people from the music world very much um, in the same way. You know, I just want to bounce ideas off of them and I want them, you know, you want to feel heard, but then you also want to do the same. You want to reciprocate for that person. Um, I think that's really important. Those relationships have, I think I said it, Um, at the conference. I I, I mean, I credit those relationships for my, certainly my um, professional growth Mm -hmm. over the last several years. I mean, that has been invaluable for for me. Um, But also my personal growth. I think that's been, you know, it's been very, very much um, beneficial in that sense as well. Um, I can't recommend it enough.
1: Yeah. And it it goes back to that, like, okay, who am I vibing with? Okay. I'm going to invite them in because whoever you surround yourself with and whoever are are your thought partners, I love how you, how you phrase that. Um, that is who is influencing your becoming. And so if you have people that are distracted and, you know, they don't really know what they want in the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm here for a good time, not for a long time kind of people, which listen, I had that season, no judgment. Like if that's where you are in your journey, that is where you are and good for you. Rock it out. Like get your yaw yaws out or maybe yaw yah your life away. If that's what life is good means to you. But if you're, if you are somebody who's just constantly looking to continuously evolve and, and become better and better, um, you need people who share that. And so I love, again, there's that word intention that you have around like being very, um, systematized about that. While also I see the organic side of things as well. So I have to ask, cause I know you've talked about this, um, even on stage at industry, um, experiences and, it is such an important piece of having that thought partnership relationship or tribe, if you will. You're award-winning. You work for an impressive company to begin with. You're known in the industry for being a baddie. And everybody likes you or everybody I've ever talked to or observed. And yet you still sometimes have those limiting beliefs that maybe some of those people have to remind you of who you are. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah.
0: Daily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, and I think it kind of goes back to, you know, what we kind of how we started out, you know, when you're trying to do a good job at anything, you know, you're, you're trying everything that you can think of, you know, you're, you're experimenting, you're exploring, you're leaning on other people, you're leaning on resources, um, and you really want to do a good job. For our industry, in the VR industry, my particular discipline of revenue management has not been around for a long time. So, you know, when I started in the industry, it was, I i, I wouldn't say revenue management was non-existent, but it was very, very much in, in its infancy. And if anything, it's maybe in toddlerhood right now.
1: Right. So it's the wild, wild west in VR.
0: It really is. And so, you know, couple that with, you know, really wanting to do a good job when there's not even necessarily an industry standard of what a good job means. Um, you know, there is this sense, and and I and you're right, I have, I have spoken about it, you know, on a stage in front of hundreds of people, which is mortifying to me. Um, but, you know, there is this sense of like, am I a total fraud? Like, do I know what I'm talking about? Imposter syndrome is very real in a lot of ways for me. Um, I question everything I do. I mean, I think a lot of people question what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but a lot of times, you know, you question what you, what you're doing and there's no answer. Like, are, are you right? I don't know. You know, and it was it, when, when back in 2021, when you mentioned the, the award, I was, one, I was shocked. And two, I was like, you can't give this to me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, that's kind of like, and it's, and I'm sure anyone in our industry who gets that, that award is probably going to feel the same way. Like, well, I don't know, you know, we're just doing our best, you know, we're trying to make data-driven decisions and, you know, all that stuff. So, but there is definitely that sense of, you know, questioning all the time, Everything you do, you know, our job is to forecast. Our job is to guess in a lot of ways, and and I'm wrong a lot. I mean, anyone in our industry is wrong a lot, um, and that's that's just those are just the odds. We're right sometimes, um, and you know, hopefully you're right a lot as well. But it's it's one of those disciplines that you know there isn't necessarily a right answer you say so if you make x dollars could you have made x plus a thousand mm-hmm. if you had done something different you know and and there's no answer to that it's um, just harder to benchmark yeah. because like and
1: i you know i saw when i creeped on you on on linkedin a little bit more <laughs> um you know that you have a hotel background like me and so when you're talking about rev par rev and all that kind of stuff and like there you're you're talking about on average, a hotel is like 300 ish rooms. If you come from like a Gaylord or, you know, something like me, then it might be 2,881. You know, no big deal. But I think um, you remember
0: or anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not
1: that I know it off the top of my head. It's just a few extra rooms. But when Marriott bought us, I was like, You guys run 300 room hotels. We have a letter and a number in our hotel rooms. Like, how's this even going to work? But um, and not to take Marriott's great. Like, um, but it was just like, what a difference. But the thing about hotels, I still love and I I love working in that industry. Um, It's more sophisticated. And when I say sophisticated, I don't mean like better than it's just like the systems are more sophisticated there are more benchmarks there's there's more markers to look to to understand what success looks like and you're talking about 300 rooms we'll say M- maybe a pool maximum two pools maybe if you're crazy three pools if it's a big resort and you know a hot tub or two and then the laundry gets disseminated throughout all the different in you know, the conference center the the um, guest rooms or whatever and it's all contained in vacation rental world, it's like we've got 300 units across four different states. The laundry operation just blows my mind. I mean, I, that's the first thing I'm like, can I tour your laundry operation? <laughs> I want to see how this all works. Then you have um, you have different competition. Then you have all the OTAs, so those don't speak the language. Um, online travel agencies, the Airbnbs, the Verbos. You have the individual managers versus the professional, professionally managed units. Nothing is the same. And then you're trying to run this company with different styles of houses and different rooms and different bathrooms and different amenities and different locations in a consistent way. Like, does your brain just not want to like fall out of your head on some days?
0: No, that, that you but just about nailed it right there. That's exactly why I live in the in the in the state that I do. <laughs> <laughs> I am I am completely messed up for those exact reasons. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah, my brain can't. It, it, it is really it's it's really overwhelming. And so then when you start thinking about, am I doing a good job? Mm-hmm. Am I being successful? Is what I'm doing being effective? You know, am I am I optimizing? Those are all questions that, if that every single time I think about it, the the first answer is no. Well, no, 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 and no, because how in the world can you take all of those inputs, come up with an answer, and get it right? Um, And so, you know, that is that really is a a daily thing that I struggle with. Some days are better than others, um, obviously, and and I'm usually able to just say, you know, okay, I'm living. In the trees right now sarah you need to get out and look at you know be the forest you need Mm. to really just step back um i think one of the things that that i am able to do um well is is to step back and look at things from a forest level i am you know it's, it's really tough to admit um because i my vocation is revenue management um my strength is not in the detail my strength is, you know, in the structure. So mm-hmm. um, it's challenging for me to be in the detail, and I think because of that, that's probably why I have so many issues with all of these. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Because I'm looking at, you know, if, if you get stuck there, yeah, it's 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 really. Difficult. But once once I can pull myself out, I can I can look at the full picture and say, okay that one decision that you made right here, right or wrong, it's one decision and you use it to move on to the next thing. That's right. Um, And that's where I definitely try to live. But I would be lying if I said that I don't feel that every day. Yeah. Um, But I'm very grateful that my brain also is the kind of brain that will take me out of that and allow me to see um, high-level structural things. So so you have like just the
1: natural brain then you have these thought partners for our listeners who do get into that imposter syndrome vortex um is there anything else that you would add to that just natural inclination and and good people telling you otherwise that you would say you know here here's steps one and two of getting yourself out of imposter syndrome zone
0: yeah i mean for myself i i tend to document Everything. I'm a I'm very, you know, methodical in what I do. I write, I write down things that bother me. Um, oftentimes it's just in a notebook, just a line of something that I come across that is really bothering me, and I'll <laughs> write it down. And then that's a very physical way of me just getting rid of it for the moment. So I can like write it down and I can move on. And sometimes I need to do that in order to move on because I'll find that rabbit hole. But, you know, and, and at the end of a period of time, sometimes it's the day sometimes it's the week you know i can look at these things and then i'm because i've got some space between between them i'm able to approach them with a little bit more um of a methodical approach as opposed to being really emotionally <laughs> attached to these things that are giving me a hard time in the moment um so that i do that and i and i i found that for me that's very useful i don't know that it would be useful for everybody but to actually see them in black and white to see them written down and then for me to either be able to erase them or to be able to come up with a solution or for me to say you know that was just really stupid that you were bothered so much by that just Mm -hmm. turn the page kind of thing yeah um that that's
1: been really helpful for me too So good. I love that. Just putting some space because either you realize it doesn't really matter at all, or you've given yourself the space to look at it with a fresh lens. Maybe have a little more grace for yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times you write it down, and you know, two hours later or two days later, something else happens that completely negates the need for that. Yeah, initially. So you know, it's it's also therapeutic in being able to, to look at it that way. Say, you know, I don't know everything I need to know right now in this moment. Like sometimes there's going to be other stuff that comes along that will address that and we'll take care of it. And it's, it's helpful for me to see that that actually does happen in life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With
1: consistency, like you can count on it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's been useful. And you are, you're in the eye of the storm because not only are you in this like voraciously growing industry and then there's all kinds of private money being dumped in. And then, you know, then you have all these people on, like, it cracks me up. I get exposed to things probably because I'm, I am so deep into the industry now. So I get like all of these people that pop up. It's like, you know, get rich quick with short-term rentals. And I'm like, oh, there is, there is nothing easy or quick. Or like, if you think this is some quote, passive income project, you are so misinformed. And so you're in this this world. And then there's like the ever evolving, just the, the industry is trying to come together and, and put some standards together, but your babies, like it's, yeah, it is a toddler. Um, Absolutely. so to have that uncertainty, especially when you're driving the revenue train is, I mean, I, I think there's some, some validity to it, but I'm glad that you have, you know, your, your resources to help you pull yourself out of that, um, A little fun fact, and I think I said this on an episode recently, um, those of us who are speakers, we have our own little behind the scenes world where we understand we have this really weird life that we live and we're very supportive of each other. And I'm not sure that audience members or meeting planners or anybody understands just how like we don't consider ourselves competition. We're very... I mean, we might speak on the exact same thing, but we just know how different we are about doing it. So it's like, okay, well, whoever is the right fit for that audience is who should be there. And if can you imagine all the limiting beliefs that go through our brains as we take the stage? And the second we step on that stage, they're like, I do we like it's a performance.
0: We it's a performance. It and it is, it's, you know, I mean again, you know, that kind of comes back to the performance. Um, you know, the performance side of, you know, how I've, the life I've lived and, and the the performance opportunities that I've had and the stages that I've been able to be on. And I feel like it's an honor to be on every single stage, every single sure. time I've ever been on a stage. It is a, a huge honor, but it is a performance. And there is so much that goes into that. And it is you, in, in, your, in your case, especially, you know, you're a single one person solo performance. And that is, Um, it is one of probably the most, at least for me, rewarding experiences, but also one of the most terrifying experiences. (laughs) Very vulnerable. And I, yeah. And I, I think I read this quote one time, I think it was Eric Whitaker who said it was, you know, you never get, um, you never get over stage fright or being terrified on stage. You just get very used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've always kind of kept that very close to me because I don't love being on a stage, even with my crazy background. I don't, I don't love that but I can imagine for you, I mean, and you, you go to places, you don't know these people yeah, necessarily. Right. you have, you might have a contact here or there, you get up and you get on the stage and <laughs> you've got all these people looking at you, like expecting you to what, entertain them, teach them. That's hugely, mm-hmm. hugely o- um, overwhelming and intimidating. <laughs> so yeah. kudos to you.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's the only thing that, Like, I just always remind myself, there's one human being in this room who needs to hear this message that's going to do something different with their life because of it. And all I have to worry about is that one person. And if I make it about me, then it's going to be a total shiz show. And if I make it about that one person, then I can let go of everybody else's opinion and not worry about, like, if they... I mean, obviously you want them, you want to do a good job because you want the value that you bring. I mean, people are paying me. (laughs) (laughs) They want the value to be dispersed among all attendees. So you want that, but you can't focus on that because then you get into that, um, you know, am I good enough kind of mindset? And, you know, I don't know, it's like terrifying, but it's also the safest place because when I take the stage, it's like, I'm telling you who I am and I'm telling you what I think and you don't get to talk back to me. Well, I don't know. You see my audiences. I go out in there and I talk to people and I bring people on
0: stage. But well, and that's the performance. That's the performance side of it. That's the artistic side the artistry side of it. So when, you know, when I actually had to be pushed as my one of my stories, I had to be pushed on stage for my senior recital when I was in college. (laughs) That's awesome. I was terrified. Um, And so I kind of like went onto the stage like that um, because somebody had to push me. But that's where, you know, you have to start. You have to trust what you know and what you're doing your skills and you get out there and you let the artistry take over because you've worked on the technical you you know your stuff yeah you can you can get over that because you have the artistic side yeah so yeah, yeah i think that's what you're describing and i and i yeah I, I, that's that's how I hear it anyway.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. and you 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 definitely tied a pretty bow on that with my um my rambling. <laughs> so as we wrap up, um I've got two more questions for you, and i'll I'll go ahead and plant the very last one, but I want to ask one before it too. So I ask every single guest, what is your final parting piece of advice for our bombshells who are or aspiring to be bold, brave, unwaveringly confident women in business? And when I say unwaveringly, I don't mean because like we don't have Gertrude sitting on our shoulders or limiting beliefs. I just mean like we just keep getting back up. Like when we get knocked down, we get back up. That is the unwavering part of it. So we'll go there next. I just want that noodling in the back of your brain. But before we go there, um, did you know like that personal branding was a thing? And were you intentional about that? Or did that just kind of naturally evolve for you? And then when that word started floating around, you're like, Oh, I think I'm pretty in line there. Like, how is how has that impacted you as a leader in your industry?
0: It's not a thing. Um, I in fact, like personal branding is like, not anything that I've ever thought about until right now. So I, I mean, I've heard the term. Um, I've, never really looked into it. It's not been something that's ever been a thing for me that I've, I've meant to look into. So no, I, I don't really know anything about it. So you mentioned that in the beginning and I was like, hmm, huh, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know what my personal brand is. I mean, I'm who I am, but. And that's so, it. That's, that's it. That is it. When
1: I have to like get a hold of people and help them to define their personal brand so they can position it, they don't have like this very grounded sense of self and you do. And so you don't have to work at developing a personal brand because you just automatically live it. So I think that's my opinion as a personal brand practitioner, <laughs> how I see after, it.
0: After we, after we get done, I'm going to be like personal brand Google. <laughs> I just, I like, I've like i heard the term. I don't know. Like I said, I just don't know much about it, but I'm going to look into it. Yeah. Well, it's interesting some, to me. I've got some
1: assessments to send you. I'm getting, oh, okay. I'm oh, great. Curious, so. All right. So full circle back to what parting piece of advice would you give
0: to a bombshell? I would say... Uh, Whatever it is, just do it. Like mm. I it's it's the sometimes I think about the things that have held me back the different times. Um, and in the end it was always just a matter of, well, guess I just gotta do it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's you can you can sit in that like holding pattern for a long time and weigh the pros and weigh the cons. And, you know, I mean, so I think there's that. It was interesting that you mentioned the, you know, the fall, get up. You know, I just posted that on LinkedIn, this, this picture that I keep of myself completely wiping out like on my face, like it and it <laughs> is, it's these two pictures I have and I keep them. I don't keep them at my desk. I really should. I um, would love to have like pulled it out and showed it to you, but they are these pictures of me. Yeah. Just absolutely wiping out. And I keep them because I think it's really important. It's the whole concept of you fall, you get back up and you know. What is it, you know, fall however many times, get back up, plus one. Right. And that's, and I think that's kind of the same thing is just, you know, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, action it, um, make it happen. And if you make a mistake, I mean, welcome to my world. I make a <laughs> lot of mistakes and <laughs> you just do it again or you do something different, you know. And I think that's honestly been something, you know, I, I can easily um, handicap myself by overthinking. and thinking about what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what will happen if I do this, what will happen if I don't. And in the meantime, you know, hours, days, weeks later, I just end up having to do it. And that was the answer in the beginning. Yeah, You know, you just have to do it. And And you can save
1: like, it's like anxiety now that you develop yourself or anxiety in the moment of having to deal with a problem that like, choose your heart. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Perfect.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm glad that we've had this time together and I appreciate you sharing everything um, with our bombshells.
0: Well, it was an honor to be here, a pleasure. And I'm so glad that we've gotten to know each other over the last year or so. And um, best of everything to you too. Thank you.
1: All right, bombshell, you know what to do. Go to amberhurtle.com forward slash podcast with an S at the end. And then you can find the show notes for this episode and all of the episodes in the archives. So you can find out how to connect with Sarah on LinkedIn. We'll put all of the different ways that you could check out her company or anything else that um, might be interesting to you to learn from Sarah, her experience and her unintentional yet very strong personal (laughs) brand. (laughs) Speaking of branding, it really blesses the bombshell business podcast brand. If you go in and leave a rating and review on your favorite, uh, listening app give it a like share on youtube and make sure that other bombshells have access to amazing people like sarah who are te- teaching us how to become more bold brave and unwaveringly confident in our business and lives and i will see you on the next episode thanks for listening to the bombshell business podcast visit amberhurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the bombshellbusinesswoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses